Crime and Court USA is independently funded and is made possible by listeners like you. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash crimeandcourtusa and make a monthly pledge that's right for you. Thank you for your support of unbiased and independent news content. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 16 of Crime and Court USA, recording this on August 26th, 2021. I'm your host, Mundo Carrillo. Hope you guys are doing well. I gotta be honest with you guys, I'm kind of getting some cabin fever living out here in the mountains. Uh, It's so beautiful. Like, it really is. Like, just looking outside my window and just seeing mountains and trees. And, like, I live pretty close to a river, like, within walking distance. That's so freaking awesome. And and this is this is where I grew up, by the way. But I am like I became a bit of a city boy, <laughs> and I don't know, I've always kind of like not really liked how isolated this place was growing up. You know what I mean? You're gonna have to go far away to do anything cool, and I'm kind of feeling that same way now. So uh, I kind of want to get back to a city as soon as I can, whether that be Albuquerque or Denver, you know, somewhere close. But um, for now, I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it for now. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> yeah. Just going a little a little stir crazy. Alright, so so here's the deal, guys. Going back to weekly format. Okay. <laughs> That's what I started doing at first, and then I went to a to a twice a week. And then for like a brief spell, a couple of weeks ago I started doing a daily thing. I did three days in a row of, of a daily show. And yeah, I think the weekly format will work out the best. I know that's kind of all over the place, but hey, I've been pretty transparent with you guys since the beginning that I was going to figure this out as I went along. So <laughs> that's me. That's me making good on that promise. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm going back to once a week. I just think that'll be uh, that'll be better for the show. I think that'll give me time to to really look into what I want to talk about instead of just kind of glossing over stuff. And I mean, I could. I The reason I wanted to put out a daily episode or at least try it out was just to see if I could do it just to see if I could do that whole daily news thing again. See, I come from that daily background, right? The daily newspaper of you got to have something out every single day. So you got to, we got to beat that out of me a little, okay? And um, I mean, I left that world on purpose. I didn't want to, you know, do that daily grind. I'd rather do maybe a weekly grind. So yeah, yeah, I think this will be better. This will be better indeed. I should note before we get started, though, on the crime and court news, there's some just craziness going down in Afghanistan and looks like breaking early on Thursday, uh, some U.S. service members and civilians died in suicide bombings near the Kabul airport. Kabul is, of course, the capital of Afghanistan. It's just been all kinds of craziness at the airport as people try to evacuate the country as the Taliban is taking over. A bunch of over a thousand refugees are actually coming to New Mexico, my home state. So yeah, I, um, you know, craziness, obviously, uh, Thoughts go out to the uh, family members of the U.S. and Afghans who uh, who have died in, in this in this madness. Man, it's crazy. Anyhow, let's move on to some crime and court news, shall we? The first item: an internal investigation, internal being key here, found that a Capitol police officer acted lawfully when he shot a woman when he fatally shot a woman during the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. And a lot of this stuff I got from the Washington Post because this happened in their backyard, so let's go. So, 35-year-old 
Ashley Babbitt was shot by an officer as she was trying to get through a door deep into the Capitol. It was a doorway into the Speaker's lobby, which would have given the rioters access to the chamber of the House of Representatives. I watched a video of this. It was video captured by someone in the crowd, by a by a civilian, not an officer. It shows two officers standing in the way of the door. It's like a glass door. And behind them, in the hallway, you could see people in suits. One of them is Massachusetts Representative James P. McGovern. So there's still lawmakers in that hallway, at least one. And like I said, there, there's two officers just not in tactical gear standing in front of this door. And there's just a crowd of rioters gathered right outside. And one guy is even punching the glass right by the officer's head. And he's, he's actually, he's breaking through the glass. Babbitt, you could see her. She's at the front of the crowd. She's near the door. Everyone's yelling at the cops. Someone says, fuck the blue. And someone else is yelling that they had their backs during this last summer. Presumably, they mean that after all the aftermath with the George Floyd death at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer that happened in May 2020, and then all these protests started happening, I presumably mean that this man says that he had, that they had their backs when people seem to not like the cops very much, right? So the video goes on and then the officers move away from the front of the door as the crowd starts getting bigger. And of course the crowd starts breaking through and then someone starts yelling, there's a gun, there's a gun. And someone else yells, he's got a gun. And you could see there's an officer kind of standing off to the side. He's pretty close to the doorway. I mean, feet, within feet of these people. And he has his gun drawn. You can see his gun drawn and he's pointing it. He's pointing it right at him as they continue to break through. And you can't see his face. You could just see the gun pointed, right? And the officer fires a shot into Babbitt who falls back into the floor. And then when she falls back, you can see now in the frame, there are officers in tactical gear moving in. They're they're telling people in the crowd to just stand back, stand back. And it looks like officers immediately started rendering aid to her, but she of course uh, died uh, that day. So again, the Capitol Police, this officer who shot her was a Capitol Police officer. So his own department investigated the incident and found that he followed department policies in firing his weapon. The policy allows for deadly force when the officer has reason to believe that he or someone else faces threat of serious harm. The department is not naming the officer because he and his family have faced threats. I... Don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> this is the one case where like the officer's not named. Normally, like any other officer involved shooting around the country or for sure the ones I've covered, the officer is named, right? Like who who shot this person? You know, tell us who the officer was. We'll decide if this person, if this officer acted lawfully or not in the court of public opinion anyways. But I understand this is a little different. <laughs> I understand that, yeah, he probably does face threats and that sucks. We wouldn't want that. His family prize faces threats we definitely wouldn't want that and these people stormed the capital so <laughs> who knows what they're really capable of right i mean that's that's the argument anyhow so i have mixed feelings about that again for transparency's sake i would like him to be named again any other shooting any other shooting in the country the officer would be named right but i guess this is a special case i don't know i'm kind of contradicting myself there but i get it i get it i guess again we would just we wouldn't want him facing any credible threats although you can make that argument about any officer who is named after a police shooting anyway a lawyer for babbitt's family told the washington post the Capitol Police should release a copy of the entire investigation so it can be seen by the public. The police announced this. They announced this decision regarding the shooting via press release. It looks like there's not a, a public record of the actual investigation. A lawyer for Babbitt's family wants that to be public. So again, at least in the court of public opinion or in the sake of transparency, we could decide what really happened here. 
In fact, Babbitt's family filed a lawsuit back in June seeking more information about the investigation. Not sure how that's going down, but doesn't look like they got what they wanted, so that might still be playing out in court. And just going back to the internal investigation thing, people typically don't like that. Again, this is all about transparency here, people, okay? And when you have an officer involved, when an officer from a department fatally shoots somebody or just shoots somebody, maybe even just fires a gun at someone in general, doesn't even hit them, you want an outside agency to investigate that shooting, a, a different law enforcement agency, for, if anything, to put out this public perception that the investigation was fair. I mean, investigating yourself, I mean... If you guys want to check out the video yourselves, you guys can. I do have to warn you, someone does get shot and ends up losing their lives. But it seems like it's the best video that we can see of this incident. So it's all out there. We could decide for ourselves, right? Transparency. That's kind of the theme of this story here. Or no, the theme of the story is that an officer got cleared. But the theme I'm kind of bringing up is transparency, right? Speaking of that video, it was taken by someone in the crowd, of course. But apparently he's someone who just sort of records right-wing protests. So after this broke out... He's shared the video with the Washington Post, and then shortly after that, he got charged with being in the Capitol illegally. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, people don't like the internal investigation, right? Because, yeah, again, you just don't want you, you want you want the public to think that it was a fair and thorough investigation, even even if it's totally justified. Even if it's totally justified, you just want an outside agency looking at that. I think. And the Justice Department has already said that the officer wouldn't face charges in the shooting because it was reasonable to believe that the officer was acting in self-defense or in defense of others, in defense of lawmakers. And ba based on the video that I saw, I, I wouldn't, and just the, the facts surrounding that day, I just wouldn't think he got charged because a lot of officers got injured. A lot. According to an article from the New York Times, about 140 officers from both the Capitol Police and the D.C. Metropolitan Police were injured that day. Their injuries ranged from bruises and cuts, you know, lacerations to fractured ribs and even a heart attack. One officer died on January 7th. That was the day after the riot. After he was sprayed in the face with some sort of chemical agent during the attack, I read some article that said that whatever he was sprayed with was much stronger than anything that he had encountered during his police training. So if it was mace, it was like a really strong kind of mace. And two officers actually took their own lives after that attack. One of them actually, I believe, got a concussion. He was hit in the head. And then a couple of weeks after that, took his own life. So a lot of injuries went down for officers. So again, reasonable to believe that this officer who shot this woman was acting in self-defense or in defense of others, taking all of the factors into consideration. And this is, this is new on today, August 26th, seven Capitol Police officers filed a lawsuit against Trump and alleged participants in the riot. Gotta say alleged because everyone is innocent until proven guilty, even though um, there's strong evidence, we'll say, that they were inside the Capitol that day, at least for some of these people. I don't know, again, <laughs> I said this before, but how they identified a lot of these people is crazy. Anyways, lawsuit filed against Trump and a lot of others over injuries and other abuse they endured that day. It says that Trump encouraged his supporters to storm the Capitol on the false claims that the election was rigged. And the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, which are right-leaning organizations, are also listed as defendants. Babbitt had served in the military for 14 years, and at the time of her death was running a pool cleaning service in San Diego, where she is from. The Washington Post interviewed her mother, and she said that she was always sort of political and that she'd actually voted for Obama, but became a pretty big Trump supporter 
in recent years and supported QAnon, which I don't know if you guys remember the episodes I did a couple of weeks ago about the, uh, the man who killed his own children because he thought they were going to grow into lizard people. That's the kind of QAnon stuff we're talking about. So she supported that and she supported, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if she believed in like lizard people or whatever. But anyways, she also supported Trump's claim that the 2020 election was stolen. She has been praised as somewhat of a martyr since her death. These organizations have uh, have praised her as a martyr, these, these right-wing organizations. And President Trump, in a statement, asked why the officer who shot her was, quote, getting away with murder. All right, let's move on to the next story, which is the baby, the naked baby, on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind album, is suing the band for child pornography. Y'all remember that Nevermind album? Huge album. Absolutely huge album, right? It's the one with the naked baby uh, on the cover in the pool. It looks like he's reaching for a dollar bill. And he's naked. You could see his uh, his ding-dong <laughs> just right there <laughs> on the cover. And so uh, Spencer Eldon, who is now 30 years old, he's, he's as old as the album is, so it's kind of easy to keep track that way. Uh, he filed a federal lawsuit in Los Angeles on Tuesday, August 24th. He claims that the album cover is sexual exploitation that will hurt him emotionally and physically for the rest of his life. He also claims that he has not made any money from the cover. That's interesting because, again, one of the biggest albums of all time, people involved in making that album made a lot of money off it, but this guy has made nothing, and he's on the cover of the album. Isn't that crazy? So the defendants in the lawsuit are Nirvana LLC, Kurt Cobain's estate, the designer and photographer involved in designing the cover, and the record label. So apparently Spencer used to kind of embrace the fame. He sort of embraced being the the baby on the Nevermind album. He even had Nevermind tattooed on his chest. But as he got older, based on articles I read, he seemed to kind of be resentful of being famous for, for being the naked baby and for being famous for something he had no control over. Obviously, he was like an infant, so he had no say in the matter. So... Yeah, I can see that. Everyone's uh, everyone's seen his penis. <laughs> I have, you know. Uh, you probably have too. It's a, it's a huge album. I mean, again, one of the most popular of all time. And you might have the most viewed penis of ever. <laughs> if you really think about it. Except for maybe Michelangelo's David. And I remember that, that album, I don't know, it always did kind of make me feel uncomfortable. Like, I didn't want to look at it. I was <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> you know, just a, a naked baby on it. <laughs> yeah 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 but what a great album though honestly i was only three years old when it came out so i wasn't there when it took the world by storm and all that but i was able to get into nirvana later like in my teenage years and stuff and i actually didn't listen to the whole album until i was an adult i think in my early 20s and yeah no it, it's really solid it's a really solid album. I mean, obviously you have Kurt Cobain. He's a legend. You have Dave Grohl on drums. He's also another legend. I mean, playing some crazy thunderous drums in Nirvana. Then after Nirvana breaks up after Kurt's death, he goes on and plays guitar and sings in Foo Fighters. I mean, who, who's done that? Who's been involved in two bands like that? And not only been involved in two all-time bands like that, but played different instruments. He's an absolute legend. But I think people forget about Chris Novoselic, the bass player. He lays some dirty bass lines in that album, particularly on songs like Lounge Act. I think he even became a politician in Washington. That's pretty cool. <laughs> of course, yeah, the guy, the bass player in Nirvana is going to win. He's going to win that one. It doesn't, doesn't even matter who his opponent is. Just, you're going to vote for the, you're going to vote for the Nirvana guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, let's move on to the next story. And that is, a federal appeals court 
has upheld Dylan Roof's conviction and death sentence. Dylan Ruth, of course, is the young white man who carried out a massacre at a black Methodist church in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015. There, he killed nine people who were praying during a Bible study. In 2017, he was convicted of 33 federal hate crime counts and sentenced to the death penalty. And then just this week, a three-judge panel unanimously affirmed the trial judge's finding that Roof was competent to stand trial. Now, I personally never covered a death penalty case. In fact, we no longer have the death penalty in New Mexico. But from what I understand, I mean, they just... This is part of the deal. It's just these constant appeals. But this is just an appeals court, I suppose. It can go all the way to the Supreme Court. But for now, Dylan Roof is still sentenced to die for the crime he committed in South Carolina. All right, let's go on to the next story. Let's go down to the beach, Miami Beach, where Miami Beach police have suspended a law that officers were using to arrest people who were filming them. Now, back in June, the uh, city passed a law that makes it a crime to stand within 20 feet of an officer with the, quote, intent to provoke, impede, or harass, end quote, right? So it was made with the intent to not uh, impede officers doing their job, which is something I think I, I can agree with. Maybe we could all agree with. You don't want to, you just don't want to mess with people doing their jobs in general, right? I could see that. However, there were a string of controversial arrests. Again, this has only been adopted in June, so just a little over two and a half months ago, maybe two months ago, there have been a string of controversial arrests. 13 people have been arrested under this ordinance, all of which are young black men or young black women. There was a controversial arrest and takedown where five officers were charged with excessive force. And another woman from New York who was filming officers was pepper sprayed. And out of those 13 arrests under this ordinance, eight of them were of arrests of people filming police officers. So they're going to revisit that. They're going to train the officers. Because again, the law is intended to arrest people who are interfering with police work. And filming an officer in public is certainly not interfering with police work. Unless you're like right in their grill or something. You know what I mean? But we'd certainly have the right to, to film officers in public. Because also another thing too, uh, bystander video often contradicts what the police say a lot of time. I mean, um, Look at George Floyd, for example. That whole video that everybody saw, that was filmed by a 17-year-old bystander. And it contradicted, oh, maybe it didn't contradict, but police had put out a statement saying that Floyd died during a medical ep episode during his arrest, which I guess is technically true, but it doesn't paint the whole picture at all. And if it wasn't for this girl and her camera filming the cops, then the trial probably wouldn't have happened. And, you know, all this talk of police reform wouldn't have happened either. So it's important. It's very important to let people film police officers because, again, if you let the police departments completely control the narrative, they can say whatever they want. It's all about transparency and accountability, guys. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you, okay? Transparency and accountability. And finally, this is a couple of weeks old, but I did mention it a couple of podcasts ago, so I should mention it here. And that is Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett rejected a plea from eight Indiana University students asking them to block the school's vaccine mandate. She didn't give a reason for her ruling. She just kind of shot it down. So we don't know why she rejected it, but nonetheless rejected. Yeah, Justice Amy Coney Barrett. She, I think, looks exactly like Jenna Fisher from The Office. <laughs> like exactly. It's crazy. Like sometimes I'll even be scrolling through my Twitter feed or something and I'll see uh, Justice Coney Barrett's picture just pop up and I'll automatically think it's Jenna Fisher before I kind of do like a double take and like, oh wait, that, no, that's, that's not Jenna Fisher at all. <laughs> oh boy. Well, 
I think that is all I want to talk about this week. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If y'all could leave a nice review on iTunes, I would appreciate that. If you could share the podcast, get the word out about Crime and Court USA. I'd greatly appreciate that as well. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Share it with your frenemies. You know what I mean? Like that one friend, like you kind of like, they're like your friend, but like you also kind of hate them. You know what I mean? Share it with that person. Check out the Facebook page, Crime and Court USA. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash crime and court USA. If you want to help me keep the lights on, I would appreciate that as well. Follow me on Twitter at Mundo Cario. And since I'm back on a weekly basis, I will see you guys next week. My name is Mundo and I'm out. Peace.